welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all things romance novels. The books, the people who write them, the people who read them, and everything else. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording on Thursday, March 16th, 2023. It finally feels like March, but probably not for long. (laughs) Does it for you? Well, actually, I shouldn't complain. We have actually had like four sunny days in a row, which in the Pacific Northwest in March is an absolute gift. So I will try to control myself and not complain about the weather today. Well, that you sent all the rain down here is is what happened. Like it's been raining here for two or three days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. I know it is a nightmare in a lot of other places around the country. So um, I actually legitimately have no reason to complain. So <laughs> I'm hoping that you and all of the folks in uh, Arizona and California and everywhere else that is getting all of that rain are taking good care of yourselves, Jess. No complaints. Well, you know what uh, poor weather often is. An excuse for doing some reading. Yes. Are you doing some reading, Jessica Pride? I am trying to. (laughs) I am in the process of listening to The Taming of Jesse Rose by the great Miss Bev, Beverly Jenkins. And it's it's part of my efforts to actually try to make it through her, her backlist. It's never going to actually happen because there are so many. But I realized that listening is really the way to go for me, in part because I can't hold mass markets anymore. <laughs> um, and in part because they're like, I haven't listened to a badly narrated Beverly Jenkins book yet. So this one, this one's a lot of fun. There's all kinds of danger and fun and shenanigans on the Kansas prairie does kansas have prairie oh i am almost certain that it does <laughs> if you're in kansas and we're wrong let us know i also feel like this has to be if not her best title one of the top three <laughs> the taming of jesse rose is just a fantastic it really is Be- beverly jenkins book title mm-hmm. i'm here for it uh well i have actually just barely like three pages in started a new book myself. I finally worked my way through all of the Tessa Dare Spindle Cove books as discussed last time. <laughs> and I actually found this book. I will preface this by saying I am not 100% sure this book is romance. It might be contemporary fiction with a romantic element. So if that is a thing you feel strongly about, take this with a grain of knowing that. <laughs> Whatever. But I just opened The Banned Bookshop by Maggie Banks. Or no, The Banned Bookshop of Maggie Banks by Shauna Robinson. That's a little confusing. I don't feel like that's entirely my fault. <laughs> but again, the book is called The Banned Bookshop of Maggie Banks. It is by Shauna Robinson. So this book actually came to my attention. I don't know if, I don't know who out there knows this or doesn't, but every Wednesday... Book Riot sends out an email of romance deals that are active Mm. at the time. I believe if you are subscribed to Kissing Books, you get this particular newsletter as well. I think that's how they know you are interested. Mm -hmm. And I happen to see this one on sale for $225 or maybe $224, which is sort of random, but good for them, (laughs) for my e-reader. And I got it, and I'm excited about it. It's um, many, many things I like. It's a sort of return to small town or travel to small town book. It is a struggling bookstore book. 
It is a, I have a feeling that there are like quirky small town characters, which I know is not a thing everyone is into. (laughs) I love a small town romance. So that is me. It actually has a little bit of a feel. My sense is at least to Georgie all along, the Kate Claiborne book that came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. That's a woman who is a little bit lost traveling to go support her best friend as that person is going through a life change. And it sounds like there is this weird phenomenon wherein the bookstore is not allowed to sell anything that has come out in like the last 30 years, (laughs) which Maggie Banks, who is, again, the main character, not the author, uh, is very confused by. Mm -hmm. And so... I have a feeling, uh, you know, some uh, discussions are going to be had. There might be a little bit of conflict Mm. here and there. Mm -hmm. And uh, as it says in the description, uh, book rules are made to be broken. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But so I'm excited about it. Like I said, I don't know 100% that it fits fully into the romance category. It might. I just I'm not far enough along to know. And some of the marketing kind of suggests that maybe it's less focused on a romance. But I do believe there are romance elements. So that's the banned bookshop of Maggie Banks. By Shauna Robinson. Awesome. I look forward to hearing more about that one. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, the Wednesday romance book deal emails are, I just sort of have to budget for them at this point. Yeah. Just like have, you know. They're dangerous. Five or six dollars mm-hmm. set aside, <laughs> ready to go. But I'm excited that it did expose me to a new book. Yay. And a new author. Always exciting. All right. Before we do an ad, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Book Riot's newest opportunity, Jess? Absolutely. So if you are looking for fascinating stories, informed takes, useful advice, and more from experts in the world of books and reading, you should subscribe to Book Riot's newest newsletter, The Deep Dive, to get exclusive content delivered to your inbox. You can subscribe and choose your membership level at bookriot.substack.com. We are tapping experts to share longer gems based on years of knowledge about books and publishing, experiences as readers and book curators, and research on lesser-known histories to illuminate and inspire book lovers. For $5 a month, you get this deep-dive edition of our newsletter in your inbox twice per month. If you're still on the fence or need some time before making the commitment, you can get the Splash Pad for free, which rounds up some of our experts' recommended reading and bookish lifestyle goods monthly. So check out the deep dive at bookriot.substack.com. I am really looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. Hooray. I think you could be getting the emails even right now. Yeah. Well, not like right this second, <laughs> but they've started. Boom. <laughs> Maybe they're coming out right this second as you're listening to this. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun if you're like listening to one in romance and the email showed up? <laughs> Magic. Magic. Uh, okay, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with uh, some more book talk. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid back attitude. 
She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be. Right? Right, girl. Like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series. Miss Wong got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Taming Seven is an epic and unforgettable love story in the international bestselling and TikTok phenomenon, The Boys of Tom and Series from Chloe Walsh. So Tom and's cheekiest lad, Jared Gibsey Gibson, has always been a comedian, but inside he is haunted by events of the past and he uses humor to cope, hiding his true self from the world. Then you have Claire Biggs, who is the epitome of sunshine. She's always loved Gibsy, her brother's friend and her favorite neighbor. She also has always seen a side to him that no one else seems to notice, and she becomes determined to tame her wild-at-heart childhood best friend. So The Boys of Tom and Series is an internationally best-selling YA romance series that has taken TikTok by storm. It's perfect for readers looking for new adult slash crossover romance, dual point of views, friends to lovers, marathon worthy TikTok books, and angsty tear jerkers. Taming Seven is published today and it's the fifth book in the series. So make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. All right, Jess, you actually spotted our next the the event we're going to talk about in Book Riot. You may have known about it. Otherwise, I will confess I did not. But we talked about addressing there are so many news stories going on right now that are impacting books broadly between bands and um, bands on particular authors or particular topics. And it's it's a it gets a little bleak out there. Mm -hmm. But you just managed to find a shining ray of light. I did. And I actually saw it on Instagram first and then started seeing more people posting about it and people talking about it on Book Riot. And that is the Trans Rights Readathon. People are, what's that word that's like, they're getting in motion. They're <laughs> activating. Activating is good enough. It's not the one I was thinking, but we're going to use it. <laughs> I like it. People are activating. No, that's that's weird. What are they doing? I don't know. There are people who have decided to util utilize this time to read books by trans authors, trans being the umbrella of transgender, non-binary, genderqueer, etc., by trans authors about trans people and if you do not have time to read there are lists of places um where you can donate funds people are raising money as they're reading there are all kinds of ways that people are participating in this readathon and it was really great to see the first time and then i was so excited to keep seeing it so i thought some people might be interested in at least knowing about it, if not joining, because if you're listening to this on Monday, it starts today. It does indeed. And I wonder if people are mobilizing. Mobilizing! Is that what people are doing? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Trisha. <laughs> of course. And I think, you know, I I am one of those people, I've got a few obligations and some travel next week, so I'm not sure that I will be able to do a ton of reading, but I am... Looking out for if, if any of you are uh, 
participating, let me know and I can pledge your your pages and your reading. Um, I'm going to see if I can find some folks that I can support because this is such a tough time in so many places. Mm -hmm. And increasingly, you know, we have these conversations about, well, it's just this state or it's just that state or that state's conservative. And so it doesn't matter. But it does matter Mm -hmm. because there are trans and non-binary people everywhere. And these policies impact their lives. They impact the lives of Kids who are growing up, even those who are not trans or non-binary, are losing the kind of exposure that they have and that makes someone a sort of better adjusted, better informed human. Mm-hmm. So it's, oof, it's, it is, like I said, it's rough out there. And I am incredibly grateful that I believe it's Sim Kern who is largely behind this. Mm-hmm. And I am grateful that they are doing this and grateful to everyone who's participating. Actually, I will link in our show notes. There was a Twitter thread from Sim Kern that included 20 books you can read for free for the readathon. And they are not all romance, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't only have to read romance books. And so like I said, I will make sure that that is linked. I will make sure that the information about the readathon is linked. Like Jess said, if you're listening to this now, you can start today. And if you're listening to it later, do it on your own. (laughs) Exactly. Still support trans rights. Yes. We did think, again, Jess, in her all of her genius, did think that you might be interested in some books that we can tell you are romance books by trans and non-binary authors. Jess, you want to start with one? Sure. The first one that I immediately knew I wanted to mention was Drag Me Up by RM Virtues. I think I've mentioned it on When in Romance before. Arn Virtues is a trans author, and he writes all kinds of things. But Drag Me Up, I think, was his first published book. I might be wrong about that. And also features a trans main character. So it's really, it. it's not only, you know, like, good to pick up, but also it's really darn good. So not just educational but engaging and entrancing, all that stuff. <laughs> entrancing. That's a great hook, I think, for a for a book. I will mention one that is new to me. I just read it about a month ago, and that is Craft of Love by E. E. Ottoman. It's a it is one I'm recommending two books for sort of two specific reasons. This one is short. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe a hundred pages. And you will want it to go on for longer because it's lovely. But sometimes I find that when I'm doing a readathon or something similar, it's nice to have like some quick wins. Mm-hmm. So it is a quick book by a trans man featuring a trans male character and a female character who are both craftspeople mm-hmm. in a way, hence the name Craft of Love. Mine actually has this really lovely cover with like an embroidered teapot. It's really Aww. very just check out the cover. It's great. Um, the other one is great, too. It features a uh, lovely woman in a beautiful dress. But I like the teapot. Anyway, she is a quilt maker. He is a silversmith. And he has come across um, some clothing that has difficult memories for him from his related to his mother and his relationship with her. He's not quite ready to sort of give them away or give up on them, though. And so he asks her to take this clothing and make it into a quilt. And she does. And it's a beautiful little story. And they're both very passionate about what they do. And it's just lovely. 
And I think you've read this one too, right, Jess? I have. I really enjoyed it. Like, lovely is the perfect word for it. I've read a, a few books by E. Ottoman. I think that one's still my favorite. Although The Companion, which came out last year or the year before, is, is a close second. Well, there you have it. Yep. I should mention Drag Me Up <laughs> is a um, Hades and Persephone story. So if you are not into that, then definitely maybe try one of R.M. Virtues' other books. But if you enjoyed Katie Roberts' uh, Dark Olympus books, you're going to want to read these. Drag Me Up, like I said, Hades and Persephone, underworld leader, and a beautiful woman who is an aerialist in a like circus-like show. So like, Ooh. it's... It's really cool, and you learn a lot about what goes on backstage when you're an aerialist. That actually sounds like sort of both like the most fascinating and the least interesting part of being an aerialist yeah. somehow, right? Like visually, it would not be interesting, but like psychologically, like theoretically and knowing kind of what goes into that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sounds like I have a new book to go on my TBR. There you go. There you go. Drag me up. RM Virtues. And if that one isn't super long, but it is like a full novel length book. So if you are looking for yet another quick win, then you might want to check out, well, the whole Mooney's trilogy by Anita Kelly, but specifically Sing Anyway, which is the first in the trilogy, the only one that features a gender non-conforming main character. And in this one, there is Sam, uh, who is trying out their they them button while they're at mm. uh, a karaoke bar that they like to go to with their friends. And they love to watch Lily sing because she is so great at it um, and so into karaoke. So when Sam gets like, basically stood up by all of their friends, Lily invites them to join her little group of regulars at this karaoke bar. And they hit it off and it's just lovely and sweet. And like, if you want lovely and sweet things, and also to support trans rights and all of that stuff, I think we've we've found your corner here. <laughs> yes. We are, yeah. I think inadvertently this uh, section of the podcast got a little bit related to our, our next section, yeah, which is okay. Totally. I think you'll you'll understand as we get there. I I will say that but the next book that I wanted to talk about, um, Reaver by Anna Zabo, is a little less gentle in that it is a romantic suspense book. Mm -hmm. It is the third and final so far, unfortunately, mm -hmm. book in the Twisted Wishes series that we've talked about before and that uh, I know we're both very big fans of. I This one, I think, is my favorite because it features the bass player, Mish, but Mish is getting death threats and there's sort of violence. And as it turns out, she needs a bodyguard. And so... David, uh, who is a an ex-army, like, martial arts, like, badass bodyguard guy, comes in, becomes her bodyguard. There's a little bit of, like, the bodyguard, <laughs> a little bit of uh, the, the guarded falling for the garter, or the body falling for the guard. <laughs> I, like I don't know it. how we would describe the that. The body falling for yeah. the guard. 
which, you know, that will happen. Mm-hmm. And David is a, a trans man. And it's this is, I will say, one of the major differences between these two books is that this one is very steamy. Mm-hmm. The Craft of Love is not. It is um, a non-explicit romance. This one is definitely much more explicit. So, you know, you can keep that in mind. One of the things that I really liked about this book, though, or I, I shouldn't say it's a thing that I really liked about it, but a thing that I will always remember about it is that I think it is, gosh, can this be true? I think it might be the first traditionally published romance I read with a trans main character. And I'm sure that they existed before this, but it feels like, and this was, this was, this book came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was four years ago. It is not that long ago, but it seems like even just four years ago, it was harder to find mm-hmm. traditionally published romance that had trans characters. And now there are more. We could use even more than there are now. Oh, yeah. But we're getting there. We're getting a little closer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's Reverb by Anna Zabo. Yeah. So if you are interested in reading for trans rights, check out the readathon, contribute to some people's fundraisers, anything you want to do and are able to do buy a book by a trans author or ask your library to get one, you know, do, do something for trans rights next week or this week since, since you're listening to this during the the week of the readathon. And do let us know if you're participating. We'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. And just thinking about Trisha, what you were talking about, we've come a long way in four years. And we, like you said, we've still got a way to go because I can still only think of one or two trans feminine romance protagonists. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm hoping will be the next hurdle that traditional publishing jumps over. So, yeah. Yeah. And I will say, I think one of them, I don't want to get the name of this book wrong, A Lady for a Duke or The the Lady for a Duke, the Alexis Hall book that came out last mm-hmm. year. And Alexis Hall is not trans or to my knowledge, non-binary. But that book, we talked in our last episode about how the Swoonie Awards were coming out. If I'm not mistaken, that book, it was definitely in the top three. It might have been the top historical romance as voted on in those awards last year. So these are great books and they are getting some attention and... Now we just need more of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Shall we take a break and come back? Let's do that. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. 
No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. All right, Jess, you are the um, agenda queen for the day (laughs) because this other topic was also one of yours. Do you want to talk about a little about where it came from? Sure. Um, So if you haven't figured it out, listeners, Trisha and I have to come up with something to talk about every two weeks. (laughs) And sometimes that is very easy. And sometimes... Sometimes we have to come up with like multiple things to talk about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we do. And we are both in a space in our reading experiences of 2023, where we're doing some comfort reading. Um, Would you say that that's true? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it's funny that you say 2023. I feel like that's generous. because I feel like I've been doing it in some ways since like, 2020. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But yes, for sure. And I think a lot of us are doing a lot of comfort reading. I think a lot of people have come to romance because they are seeking comfort reads. And we all have different definitions of what a comfort read is. Because, you know, some people, one of my colleagues just wants to cry. She finds the saddest, most depressing thing she can possibly get her hands on and cries her eyes out. And that is comforting to her. That oh. is that is not a comfort read to me. <laughs> no. To each their own. To each their own. Yeah. Well, and I think your point, just that for a lot of people, I mean, we saw romance sales and readership spike. Well, I, I don't know if it spiked. It probably still is climbing, but definitely mm-hmm. jumped. In 2020, three years ago, somehow, when <laughs> everything kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know, it was it was funny, it wasn't really until you mentioned this when we were chatting on Slack that I realized that that's kind of what I was doing. Because I think for me, romance is a comfort genre, because you know you're going to get a happy ever after. You don't have to worry about, you know, your favorite character dying at the end of the book or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think I didn't realize that I was being more intentional about some of the tropes or some of the authors or some of the subgenres that I was reading until until you kind of put a name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I found that I'm sitting in a room full of unread books mm-hmm. <laughs> in all genres, but I'm going to admit half mm-hmm. of the room is romance novels, um, which should be no surprise. And I'm thinking about all of the books that I've been avoiding And it's not because they're thick, and it's not because they're sad. 
it's because I know that they are going to be difficult reads. And there are some that I had to read recently for the book festival. Like, Before I Let Go was hard and sad. And (laughs) I wanted to cry. I might have actually sprung some tears. Like, and even the like the hockey books by Anazabo and L.A. Witt that I was talking about last last time, they were hard and sad, <laughs> and you know I enjoyed reading them, but they're not what I go to when I just need comfort. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, there's. I realize that I too have a very specific type of romance that I go to when I'm in a specific mood. Yeah, I I think for me, it's this, it's, I think, for me, comfort is, there's something comforting about what is expected, Mm -hmm. right? Like what I can, what I don't kind of have to worry about or be anxious about. And I know that sounds like a little dramatic, because there are plenty of books that you can read that do not, you know, inspire a lot of anxiety. But I think, like I said before, just knowing that there's a happy ever after, or I think one of the things maybe we both have is is that there are certain authors, mm-hmm. right, who you you kind of know what that author is going to do and how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy it, for me, that kind of familiarity is reassuring in a way. Absolutely. So I will, and actually, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you an example right now. So... I just finished Hotel of Secrets, which is the new book out by Diana Biller. I think I might have mentioned her on the show. No. Just kidding. She wrote The Widow of Rose House, and I've mentioned it a million times. But (laughs) she has a new book out called Hotel of Secrets. And I wasn't 100% sure this was even going to be a – it's not in the same series that she has written her books in previously. It's something different. And I think it's going to be a new series. Mm -hmm. There's a half-brother and a baker who I'm pretty sure coming down the line. Anyway (laughs) – so I wasn't sure if this one was going to be a romance, but I did know I really enjoy Diana Biller. I write the I love the way that she writes history. She does it a little bit differently. Her um, previous series takes place in the U.S. and in Paris. This one, this book actually takes place in Vienna mm. in the late 1800s, and it is the story of a woman who is trying to restore her family's hotel and an American sort of secret service agent they don't quite call it that but he works for treasury and it sort of predates what the secret service is trying to track down some codes it turns out the reason he was sent to vienna is a little more complicated but maria who is the other main character keeps almost getting murdered it's a whole thing i know it's a whole situation and so this one first of all it is definitely a romance second of all i would say it is actually at least one or two degrees steamier than the other books I've read. Particularly oh. Brightest Star in Paris doesn't have a is not especially explicit, but this one for sure is. And I that is uh not a criticism. I think it was very well done. But know that going in. And there's there's a little bit of a romantic suspense element to this one too. There are sort of some mysteries. We talked about romantic mysteries. I wouldn't say that this one is a mystery per se, mm-hmm. but there are a few different layers of mystery that have to get unraveled throughout the course of the book. And again, even though it was not the same series and it's a slightly different kind of book, there's no ghosts in this one, for example. Shame. I know. Uh, But it was still lovely. It's not out for another week. It comes out the 28th, but I would, I would highly recommend it, especially if you have found yourself enjoying 
either Diana Biller or historical romantic mysterious suspense at any point. (laughs) It's a a subgenre, pretty sure. Pretty sure Barnes & Noble has a little sign for that. But yeah, but but part of what drew me to it for sure was that I know and love Diana Biller. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and the the same the same thing kind of led me to love it at first sight, which is Kara Bastone's newest Audible first audiobook romance, and I do have like specific authors and stuff that I. I seek out when I need that comfort read and smiles are required. Like I need to just be cheesing my face off the whole time I'm reading or at least like work my way towards it. And Cara Bastone, at least in her audiobooks, um, and actually even in the, the text version of said audiobooks, which usually she releases like six months later or something like that mm-hmm. they almost give you the same but love at first psych is a dual narrated well multi, it's it's a full cast but the, um, one of the main characters is narrated by santino fontana who if you are familiar with any anything theater or disney related he was Yes, he was he was Hans in the first Frozen movie, but also he was in the Crazy Ex Girlfriend. He was Cinderella's prince, whose name I can't remember in Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella and stuff. So it was great to listen to this book because now I have a different placement for his voice um, instead mm-hmm. of thinking about Hans singing about giving someone a UTI, which is what has been in my head for the past like five years. Um. Okay, quick tangent. I just watched Frozen with my my nephews all weekend. We watched Frozen. Side note, just because children know everything about a movie doesn't mean that they realize that the parents have died. That's a whole other story. I don't remember the UTI thing. Did I miss something? No, it's just that I, you know, I saw Frozen mm-hmm. very like in the Frozen high heyday. And sure. then Santino Fontana was in The Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, got it. And there okay. is a song. So this there is, is too. a it. whole song called I Gave You a UTI. Like, whole song. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is coming together now. I think probably I won't show that to my nephew. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best yeah. idea. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> got it. All right, I apologize for the tangent. I uh, <laughs> understand now, and I feel gratified that I did not miss a major and weird plot point of Frozen. I'm sure everyone else who does not have my brain would have had that question, so they appreciate you asking. <laughs> We're all in it together. <laughs> We're all in it together. So yeah, when I am seeking out a giggle, I know that going for one of Kara Bastone's narrated audiobooks is a great place to go. It started with Call Me Maybe, and now she's 4-0 when it comes to just like great, wonderful, smiling experiences on a day when I really need them. Because, you know, you it only takes a couple hours to listen to them. Yay. Yay. Well, and I my next one is actually one that I, again, I think is an author that you and I both adore, but I actually picked it more for the trope, and that is a friends to lover trope. The book is 
That Kind of Guy by Talia Hibbert. Mm -hmm. It is the third full-length book in her Ravenswood series. And let me just say, there are definitely some of y'all out there who read her Brown Sisters series but have not read the Ravenswood series. I Mm -hmm. can tell because of how different the number of ratings and reviews are. (laughs) And listen, I'm not going to tell you how you live your life, but like, you are doing this to yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you are missing out. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest if you are looking for a comfort read series go to ravenswood but i think my again this is another book that it's i 2019 was a really difficult year for me in that in most ways it was a wonderful year but like so many of my favorite series came to an end and this was also the book in 2019 may of 2019 that happened with reverb as well this series also came to an end and um oh Alyssa cole's first princess series that came to an end that year as well goodness gracious boy I know. It was really something. It was quite a time. Anyway. Uh, we should have known that something was coming. <laughs> That's true. We should have seen the writing on the wall that everything was about to fall apart. <laughs> um, we were too distracted by our lack of, of new Anna Zabo, Talia Hibbert, and uh, Alyssa Cole books. But anyway. Actually, I think that's the year Chloe Brown came out. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is... <laughs> Boy, today is the day of tangents. Uh, Ravenswood series was great. This book, again, is the last book in the series. You could read it without reading the others. You should read the others. But this one can stand alone in part because a lot of the action takes place sort of outside of the town that is the setting for these books. Mm -hmm. Because there is a a divorced woman named Ray who is 40, which is kind of refreshing for romance. Many of the main characters, especially female main characters in romance, are not 40. Mm -hmm. But she gets invited to go to uh, a convention that's a really big deal for her professionally, but her ex-husband and his new wife are there. So her new best friend, Zach, who is significantly younger, agrees to go with her to pretend to be her boyfriend. Feelings that were already there start to develop a little more. Uh, Zach is also demisexual and is sort of has a history of being known for having a lot of hookups, but is trying to kind of change his ways and just be happy because it it does make him happy to do all of this hooking up. And so he's kind of exploring that side of himself as well as he's trying to figure out how to potentially build this relationship with Ray, who is very hurt by her previous experience um, with a long-term relationship. So it's just kind of a nice, comfortable Talia Hibbert style book where the dark moments are never all that dark. Mm. You kind of know everything's good. The people are witty and kind. Anyone who's a bad guy kind of either gets their, you know, comeuppance or gets a little bit of redemption. I won't tell you which it is in this case, uh, <laughs> but there are, yeah, I don't, I just, again, it's like a, it's an author I trust with a trope that I trust. Again, this is another small town romance, like I mentioned, that I loved before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, read the entire series, but I particularly love That Kind of Guy by Talia Hibbert. Another direction I go in for comfort, I don't know why, I don't know how this happened, is something completely bonkers. And, you know, that is Ooh. that is a category that you can define for yourself, because I don't think we actually have a definition of bonkers when it comes to bonkers romance. I'll reach for an alien romance or something like mm-hmm. that. Or I will go for something like Your Dad Will Do by Katie Robert, which isn't 
specifically bonkers because of the setup. Okay, that's a complete lie. It's completely bonkers because of the setup. It's the first in her Taboo series, and the way that we are introduced to the main characters is the girl who has been broken up with, or maybe cheated on, like, it's been a while, so I think cheated mm-hmm. on, goes to her ex-boyfriend's ex-fiance, maybe, dad, who she has had a monster crush on for as long as they have been dating, and tries to seduce him. And it works. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> the word try is doing a lot of work there, if this is gonna turn out how I think it will. Yep. So, if you... One of your squicks is Daddy Kink. This is not the book for you. But if you were thinking, hmm, that sounds interesting, you will enjoy the heck out of yourself because that is all this book and the whole Taboo series is about, you know, taking bonkers setup and just going with it. And sometimes you just need that. You need to just sit there and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh over and over and over again, until you're like, once again, cheesing your face off because they're so freaking cute. Like, that has happened at the end of each of the Taboo books, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was so darling and sweet and dirty and oh my gosh. <laughs> hmm So yeah. Well, and it looks like there's like, um... At least a few books in the series, right, Jess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't read them all, but I think I've read at least three of them. So, I mean, there's plenty of bonkers to go around, is what I'm hearing. There's so much bonkers to go around. And, you know, if you want, like, a, the sweeter end of bonkers, the second book, I think, is Gifting Me to His Best Friend. It is the sweetest thing that also involves a couple and his best friend. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like not all romance titles are uh, clear in terms of what is going on in the plot. That that one's pretty straightforward, yeah. I would say. Yeah, very. <laughs> uh, well, I will say, I think one of the things that surprised me a little when I was thinking about this topic, too, is that it's not so much a bonkers trope or, or subgenre that I look for. But it is something that is outside the realm of like contemporary or even historical fiction, romance mm-hmm. fiction. Like I was thinking about Shelley Lawrenston's books and specifically Hot and Badgered, which I remember reading right at the beginning. It was probably April of 2020. And it was so nice. There's a little bit of an element of escapism in going into a world where the two main characters are a grizzly shifter and a honey badger shifter. And they're basically like trying to save the world you know, or at least um, the city of New York. (laughs) And it's just, you know, uh, the book starts with with her, the female main character, Charlie, dropping through a, I want to say it's like a um, a ceiling skylight, a skylight, (laughs) and into, or maybe, oh no, she falls into onto a hotel balcony, but she kind of falls out of the sky. She is completely naked. (laughs) And he... Uh, Berg is trying to figure out kind of what's going on. And again, I think there's something just about... So first of all, we've talked a little bit about these books in the past, but all of Shelley Lawrenston's um, shifter books are incredibly funny. They are they are pretty violent, so heads up on that. But they are just... There is... 
I'm not going to say that there's no angst in any of them or no drama because there is, like I said, there's usually crimes or some kind of threat that has to be dealt with. But they are lighter, I think, than some of the paranormal romance that I have read in the past. And for me, like I said, it's just it's just nice to be in a world where the two characters Certainly, they are navigating their relationship. They are navigating some problems that are relatable to humans. <laughs> but by and large, they're trying to deal with things that I'm not going to have to worry about mm-hmm. anytime in the near future. And I feel like there's something comforting about that. So yeah, I tend to read like more SFF romance or paranormal or even like romantic suspense as comfort reads because the conflict in a lot of those books is not as relatable as it can be um, and not maybe as anxiety producing as it Mm. can be in some contemporary and even historical romance. So again, if you're looking for a a, a comfort read, you can read anything by Shelley Lawrenston, but I like Hot and Badgered. So something to think about. And it's funny because that's a comfort read for you, but like anything that involves world building is like, I have to be Uh. in a very specific mental zone to pick up something that is not just I know exactly what's happening and I know exactly where I am oh that's interesting yeah so that's a stretch read for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I can see that I mean that's the thing unless it's blue aliens I don't know well sure yeah (laughs) no and that's the thing like I think I like the world building because it takes me outside of my current world but it is more work right it is Mm -hmm. more work to read um, or to like follow along as an author is developing a new space. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Got to make the plan for some more. There's so much amazing fantasy romance out there, and I just look at it and I go, "Not today, sorry, bud." And <laughs> go pick up another <laughs> contemporary. <laughs> That's what a TBR is for, Jess. It's fine. Yes, yes, I know. So the. One of the other ways that I approach comfort reads, which is actually kind of hard because this is about an experience that you only know you're going to have when you've picked it up. So maybe stick to a particular author or kind of like grouping of of books. And that is, I want the swoons and sighs. I want to be sighing and swooning and smiling with my hand my head in my hands just like I can't look away because this is so amazing and interestingly one of the places that I go to find that experience is categories so I know that if I pick up a Harlequin Desire romance because they have to be so tight and they are so firmly edited I think they are just a swoon a minute like mm-hmm. they have such like tight requirements for how much they can put in a book for the most part although maybe some of that is loosening because i've seen a few like slightly longer ones recently but mm-hmm. and especially if you go with like desire and you know everything's kind of high stakes and high emotion or if you go to HQN and there's like all of, all of this emotion that's happening that that sometimes pushes it towards the like Kennedy Ryan level of I can't read this right now 
but a lot of times mm-hmm. it 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 does that like you know small town feelings are happening and this person is so great and they're going to be they're going to make so much change in this other person's life cuz this person's such a cinnamon roll and they need it and blah 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 so um the one that came to mind immediately when I was thinking about that was Running Away with the Bride by Sophia Singh Sasson, which I think I've talked about on on here before. But if I haven't, it is a Harlequin desire. So the main character is pretty wealthy. And he uh, interrupts a wedding because he thinks it's his ex-girlfriend's wedding. And he realized that he misses her and doesn't want her to get married and wants her back. But, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. But it's not his sure. ex-girlfriend's wedding. It's another Indian wedding in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, you did talk about this. Yes. So he interrupts the wrong wedding, but she's like, this is my chance. This is an arranged wedding. I'm not in danger, but I just, this is my chance to like not do this right now. So she's like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And they run off together and then they spend the next like week just like jet setting it around the country, learning about each other and learning about themselves and all of that stuff. And it's just like, it's so much happens in so little time, but it's, it's like, perfectly blocked that's the only way i can think of like the beats are are perfect and i'm it like you you just you swoon once a minute like i was saying before and it's just like oh that's so great um but you know that's that's another place that i go for for comfort is that like that classic romance novel without the misogyny you know yeah I think that is relatable. <laughs> Very relatable. Well, we want to know what it ends up being comfort reads for all of you. Mm-hmm. So let us know. Where do you go? <laughs> yes. Are you, yeah, do you go to world building like I do or do you avoid it like Jess? <laughs> Either is the right answer. Either is the right answer. Uh, and you can let us know, as always, at womenromance at bookriot.com, or feel free to send me a note. And again, let me know if you are, um, let us both know if you are doing the readathon. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And you can find me on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading, and on TikTok at Jess underscore is reading hooray Hooray. a huge huge thanks as always to our wonderful and talented audio editor jen zink yes jen deserves all the cheers rate and read the show if you like it and uh it'll help other people find it yeah and i think i don't know anything else we got for the week jess i think that's that's it while while you're reading happy reading happy comfort reading happy comfort reading (laughs) 